Welcome to the Freedom Nation podcast with Jeff Kickle. On this show, Jeff shares his expertise in financial and retirement planning from a different perspective. Planning for your Freedom Day, which is the first day that you wake up and have enough income or assets and do not have to go to work that day. Learn how to calculate what you need, how to generate income sources, and listen to interviews from others who've done it themselves. Get ready to experience your own Freedom Day. Hey, everybody, it's Jeff here once again with the Freedom Nation podcast. And today we've got a very special guest today. Rachel Burns is uh, a certified financial planner. And more importantly, she's a very specialized version of a certified financial planner. She's a certified divorce financial analyst. And I think you'll be very interested in what she does. But we'll also get a little bit of her story today of how she went from more of the traditional wealth manager to her own business and really a business in a very niched area. So Rachel, welcome to the show today. Thanks so much for having me, Jeff. I'm so glad you're on. I'm looking forward to hearing a little bit more about your business and all that. So let's kick it off with your story. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are today? Sure. So I um, I came from the the big wirehouse world. So when I got out of college, pretty much right away, I went to work for the big, big wealth mm-hmm. management firms. And um, that was all I knew. I didn't know anything about the independent world. I thought being a financial advisor meant working for a big firm, yeah. wearing a suit, <laughs> you know, going into an office where the, all the office decor is the same. I, I just had this like very specific idea in my head of what that job entailed and did that for quite a few years and that was fine. I would, I, you know, I was very interested in my work and, and really loved my work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't really know what it could be like. I just was like, Oh, well, this is fine. This is good. You know, I, I'm just kind of a generalist and yeah. you I'm don't used- know, you don't know what you don't know. I didn't, I was like, <laughs> well, this, this is fine with me. And so I was using the tools that the firm mm-hmm chose for me I was doing everything their way and I I thought I was going to be okay with doing it that way for the rest of my career Mm -hmm. I wasn't planning on shaking things up at all and um I ended up making a couple of changes I I left um Morgan Stanley to join a a big team at Merrill Lynch and then after a couple years the whole team left and moved to Ameriprise okay and so I had made some pretty big shifts in my career, um, like shifting between firms, but was really still doing a very traditional role. Yeah. And um, and then a few things happened that kind of changed things. So um, I did get my CDFA, the Certified Divorce Financial Analyst designation. I always, I always really enjoyed working with divorcees. Mm-hmm. I felt like they needed help so badly and they were so appreciative of everything that we could do for them. And I I felt like we could make a biggest difference for them. And so I always really liked working with those types of clients. So I got that designation, but 
working for a big firm, they don't really let you use it much. <laughs> they don't really, <laughs> <laughs> they, they're like, yeah, that's nice that you have that, but like, you're yeah. still going to do it this way and mm. don't, don't go yeah. veering off and make <clears throat> your own. And you're not going to charge like some other kind of fees or anything like right, that. To right. Do this. But, yeah. It had to fit in, in their box. And so mm. I, I kind of had this designation that sat in a drawer and um well and then the worst case is you you really and it's you know once again i coming from a wealth management background i i know where you're coming from because you're you're getting it from the other side which the cdfa side's like well you can't do any of that wealth management stuff you have to charge people for consulting and the other ones are saying you can't do that you can't like dabble in it you can't yeah. just like well i'm going to live in the wealth management world but i'm going to like dabble in the seat it's like it doesn't yeah. it's you're yeah. either in or you're out so it's kind yeah. of i kind of like did nothing with it for a little bit mm -hmm. and then um a few things happened so i had i had twins i had twin babies okay. and nice. um my my husband had some major health struggles as mm. well. And then I had health struggles after the kids were born. And so like things were kind of tumultuous for a couple of years in my personal life. And so mm -hmm. work, it was, it was great because I was on this big team and they were very supportive and they covered for me and stuff. But like, yeah, what I realized at that time is, oh, uh, life is not super predictable mm -hmm. and having flexibility is more important than ever to me. And while my role had a certain amount of flexibility because of the support of the team, it was still a very inflexible role. Like mm. you went to the office and you were there during office hours and you yeah. did, like, it wasn't like, oh, I'm just going to take a couple days off to take, you know, I, it was just, <laughs> I, there was still the, the expectations, which is totally understandable. Like just because mm -hmm. I have kids doesn't mean I yeah can just do whatever. So, um, so that happened and then COVID happened. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so we were all home. Mm -hmm. And at first I was like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? My husband and I are going to be working from home. We have these little babies and this is going to be a nightmare. But it ended up being such, I mean, aside from the whole pandemic stuff, it ended up being such a joyful experience having mm -hmm. time at home together. Yeah. And everyone was forced to be flexible because the, the the world just like had more grace for yeah normal people problems they're like you know what if they're if you're in a zoom meeting and your dog like runs by and starts barking people don't care if you're mm. someone you know like i can't tell you how many times my husband would walk by in the background i'm like get out of here or my <laughs> kids would run in <laughs> like people were just very patient with that sort of thing and i was like you know what i can do this work from home thing i like this I, I still work. I still work just as much. And I was actually working sure. more, but I loved being home and I yeah. loved spending less time in the car. Yeah, I loved you, you carve off, you know, an hour commuting time and yeah. <laughs> it, it adds up. And then yeah. think about the time. It was like little things <clears throat> like I wasn't going to the dry cleaner as much. Mm -hmm. I wasn't spending as much time, you know, coming up with an outfit because you're only seeing this much of me and it's yeah. just like I was like I like this lifestyle so well and then then it got to be the worst part it's like I, some of my female friends it's like okay you might want to try and put a little bit of makeup on and comb your hair like Please. I just rolled out of bed yeah. <laughs> I brushed my teeth it's like I, I've seen you in person and it's just I mean you, you just want to maybe put a little bit of makeup on. yeah please well, I mean yeah. luckily there's filters um, yeah. on zoom so that helps a little bit <laughs> but yeah so once that once COVID happened mm -hmm. I was like 
just thinking about things differently. I was like, you know, if I want to work from home and I want to be flexible, I kind of need to think about doing something a little bit different, which was Mm -hmm. really like difficult to come to that realization because I really did. I really wanted to be with my team and I really was in a really good spot with them. And I wasn't, wasn't trying to leave them, but I was like, you know, things, things just, things just went differently than I expected them to. So And I thought, well, wouldn't it be cool if I just worked with women who were going through a transition, which is my Mm -hmm. favorite, was always my favorite type of client to work with. Like, what if I just did that? I could just do that and I could like help them in a different way than my firm kind of expected me to. Mm -hmm. And I started to listen to a lot of podcasts that are about kind of independent financial advisors. And I realized that that's actually a possibility. Like I mm-hmm. I never thought that that I thought that that would be so expensive to start your own firm, or mm-hmm. so difficult or so like, I just assumed it was this huge undertaking. And it, I mean, it is a huge undertaking. Yeah, but it's yeah, but it, it's not easy. But I mean, it's it's not it's doable, know, insurmountable. Though. Yeah, it's not insurmountable. And if that's something that you decide you want to do, then you can, you can probably do it. And it's, yeah. it, it was, it was more, it was, it, it was kind of, I, I didn't realize that it was like a realistic goal. I was like, yeah. Oh, well, maybe I'll do that. And so I did, I did a whole bunch of research in a really short amount of time and I launched my firm mm-hmm. and I did it at the, the, the craziest time. I mean, we were still like in lockdown and I was leaving <laughs> this like really stable job at a very stable firm my husband's like uh, are you sure you want to do that like but I was like no this is this is what I need to do this is yeah what, this is what's best for our family this is this is going to I'll be focusing on the work that brings me the most satisfaction and that's that's what I mm. want to do with my life yeah. that's it became kind of clear and so I did it I pulled the trigger and mm-hmm. it was hard mm-hmm. it was crazy but I even in the toughest moments, I was like, this is the best thing ever. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I love cause you're, it. Yeah. Cause you're getting to do what you love every day yeah. versus just ever so often you get to dabble in it. Yeah. You're, you're doing what you love. And oh I my mean, gosh, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. how I got here. And I'm, and I, every day, I mean, obviously there are days when I would like to stay in bed longer or whatever, but like sure. every, every day I'm excited to work. And I'm yeah. not just saying that, like, I, love my work. I have so much fun. I'm so interested in it. I'm so like, I get so much gratification from what I'm doing now that I have a whole different energy level when it comes to working and just life in general. I feel like I'm just mm-hmm. like a satisfied person. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, anytime it, it's the old expression, if you do what you, if you're doing what you love, it's not work. Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah. it's just love. I mean, it's, it's a, what I get up out of bed and do every day. I absolutely love what I do. And so, you know, I had the opportunity, I, I was in a similar situation and sold out of my financial practice. And, you know, you're sitting there like, okay, I've got enough money to do whatever I want to do in the world. What do I want to do? Well, I kind of want to do what I was doing before, but I want to do it in my way. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, once again, it's what I can do forever because literally I love what I do. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't get up and dread going to work every day, which is awesome. Yeah. 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 The, on Sunday nights, yeah, I'm not dreading the morning. <laughs> I'm like, oh, 
tomorrow's monday oh okay <clears throat> Like Wait, I, it's, it's such a different, it's such a different feeling. It's so funny. I, I went through that for 10 years with a wire house waking up at, or, you know, sitting there on, on Sunday afternoon, just getting that feeling like, in your pity. Or, yeah. Yeah. It's just like, God, the weekend's over with, I got to go back to that place. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about how you work with your clients. So let's say I'm a divorced woman or I'm in the midst of a divorce. What is a CDF day? Or what does a CDFA do? How do you help them? What's your process? Yeah. So I work with them in, there's kind of two phases. So one is okay. if, if they are in the midst of a divorce and mm -hmm. you know it's not finalized yet, there's a lot of support that they need during that time, which is very different than what kind of support they would need. Once the divorce is finalized, they know yep. what the settlement is going to look like. Then it's like, then it, at that point, it's kind of regular financial planning, but just mm -hmm. more focused on the unique concerns of a newly divorced person. But yep. in the midst of a divorce, there's all sorts of stuff that a CDFA can do that no one else can do. A regular hmm. financial advisor really can't help with the, the things that you might be experiencing in a divorce. So for example, um, like if you're, if, try, if you're trying to come up with an agreement on how you're going to split the assets mm -hmm. and you've got you've got the list of everything you guys own together. You kind of split it up so that it kind of looks equal, but it's not the, the, all these different assets that you own. They might seem like they're the same market value, but they're not equal. They're not equal in how they're taxed in how they grow in what it costs to continue to own that asset and how much risk you're taking. And those are things that like advisors are obviously familiar with, but mm. I think it takes an advisor specific experience with divorce to, to think like five steps down the road. Yeah. But yeah. if she takes that in five years, this is going to happen. And then mm -hmm. it's like, they're not, they're not thinking, they're not strategizing like that. Well, yeah. Your, your head's really not on straight when you're going through a divorce. Yeah. You, you need somebody on your team that can actually think rational because. <laughs> yeah. And, and also I would say not to pick on guys not to pick mm -hmm. on male advisors but like i think a, a a typical woman going through divorce who goes into a typical financial advisor's office and she's like upset and scared and i don't know what my financial future is going to look like i'm totally freaked out by this a lot of times they're going to be like well let me show you the performance of you know the quarterly <laughs> performance of your or your portfolio and like yeah i don't care like they're, they're like ah <laughs> And I have, I think, a soft, a softer touch. I have, you know, I understand I, I am a woman. I've been through life transitions, you know, like I've, I can empathize with them in a different level, but then I also have the very practical expertise in yeah. divorce specific stuff and just financial planning general stuff. So mm -hmm. I feel like I have a more well-rounded approach than maybe a super traditional financial advisor. And so like I can do things for them that they, they they're going to, I mean, CDFAs to have a very unique uh, role that they play yeah. that other, other professionals can't really replicate that. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I mean, it's, it's such a specialized training that you go through yeah. on top of that, that, you know, I mean, it, it's yes. When we go through a, a CHFC or CFP program, there is a little bit of an element of that, but it's just not it's so general though. Like yeah. the CFP, it's like 
here's a whole bunch of stuff about a whole bunch of stuff, which is good to know. But CDFA, it's like, okay, let's focus on these super common things that happen during divorce. And let's like focus on that. Like, and, and things, things that you don't think about that, it, like, like, come, like, what's my pension worth? Yeah. An advisor can do a present value calculation, but like, are they going to be thinking, well, how much is separate property versus marital property mm-hmm. and blah, 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 blah. That's like only a CDFA is going to, going to go yep. there. <laughs> well, you're, you're the one that's going to think of that. Yeah. I think more than anything. I mean, that's, that I think it's the biggest piece of it. You're, you're the one that's going to go, oh, okay, well, here's all these pieces. And I understand how these pieces fit together. And if we, if we do, or if we take this offer here, because that's where more times than not, when I've been involved with a client that's, you know, gotten a divorce, I might come in afterwards and I'm like, why would you, you know, and the, the lawyer doesn't think to bring you in right. in that process to start that negotiation. And then you come out and you're like, why would you have done that? That makes no sense. To right. Me. <laughs> and the thing is, you know, attorneys are experts in the legal process, but yep. attorneys are not financial experts and we can't like, don't expect them to be, cause you're going to be disappointed. There are some obviously who are very familiar with financial stuff, but like you can't, you, what if they're, if, if you have their blessing on a settlement, mm. you, you can't assume that they've thought through all those financial ramifications because yeah. it's like, it's like playing chess. You have to, you have to think several steps ahead before you make any move. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, uh, yeah, I'd, I, like I said, I've, I've dealt with this multiple times and I just, every time it becomes a, a ginormous pain if you've, if you've not had that. And like I told you, you know, we had on my team, I, we had somebody who was a CDFA and I mean, she became invaluable to our clients, you know, and, and it was interesting in a lot of cases where, okay, you, you might've had, you know, a client that, okay, now we're getting a divorce and, you know, you're in a weird situation as a financial advisor because it's like, okay, well, what, whose side are we on? Well, we're right. on both of their sides right. at this point. And, you know, with her being able to kind of step in the middle and even in some cases, like, okay, I'm going to just pull everybody out of the situation, everybody that's involved in this, we're going to be off with the attorneys for a while. And then, you know, we'll work this stuff out and then we'll come back in and, you know, you, this team is going to work with the husband, this team is going to work with the wife. And we made it, you know, that we we were able to keep a lot of clients on board because we had her on yeah. the team. Yeah. That's phenomenal. Um, so what's, uh, you know, what, where do you find your clients from? Where, where do they typically come from to get to you? So I'm very active on social media and I get okay. quite a few people that find me through there. Um, okay. I've also been very active on LinkedIn mm-hmm. connecting with, um, other professionals and okay. like some professionals that might seem obvious, like divorce attorneys or, mm-hmm. you know, th- that might be obvious, but other professionals like therapists or real estate agents, you know, those people talk to people who are going through divorce and Mm -hmm. they don't get reached out to by professionals like me that often. So when I reach out to them and I'm like, Hey, you want to have a chat on zoom for like (laughs) 15 minutes? They're like, yeah. And so it's really easy to connect with other professionals. And I get so many referrals that I don't really need to put much effort into marketing anymore just awesome. because I, I know a whole bunch of people in the network and I just, there's like a constant stream of people that need help. 
Yeah. So. And and I mean, if they're active, they're going to be getting in front of those right people. Yeah. What, uh, what do you think, you know, at, at what point does somebody need to get you involved in the situation? So I don't think there's any point that's inappropriate to okay. bring in this, the help of an, a CDFA, because even if you're just thinking about getting divorced, mm-hmm. I think it helps to talk to a financial expert because I hear so many misconceptions like, oh, well, I didn't want to leave because my husband told me that I'm not going to get any child support. It's like, well, yeah. that's a lie. So don't <laughs> worry about that. Or, you know, neither of you gets to choose that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, this is it's not up to him. Um, so like, I feel like there's a lot of questions that you can get answered that can ease your mind really early in the process. Okay, even if there's not like, a lot of work that can be done, but you can at least get information at that point. And then once you're actually farther into the divorce and you're making decisions and you're trying to figure out what things are worth, then it's like critical to get a CDFA because when you sign off on something, it's a done deal. If you figure out next month that, oh, that was not actually what the 401k was worth. (laughs) It's like, it's too late. Like it's, you have to, you have to make the best decisions during the divorce, because after it's done, there's no going back. And so if, if, if there's ever a time in your life when you're going to consult with the experts, do it before you sign off on anything. Yeah. And then once the divorce is finalized and you kind of know, okay, this is where the chips fall. This is what I have to work with. Then you can do a lot, a lot of planning too. So that's a really helpful time. It's you're Mm -hmm. doing different, you're working on different things at that point, but there's things you can work on all along the process with a financial expert. It's just whatever is whatever you're kind of dealing with at that yeah. particular moment. Yeah. And then, I mean, it, it transfers to more of a traditional wealth management, yeah. you know, approach after that. But I think, exactly. you know, especially with your background, it it is still, you know, there's a lot of emotional pieces that, that go along with it Yeah, that I agree with you. I mean, I, I think a lot of male advisors are like, okay, now we're ready. Let's let's talk about, you know, the investment piece of it. And it's like, yeah. okay, I'm still grieving the marriage at this point. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. You know, and I think that's on both sides of the coin too. I don't think it's yeah. just women. I mean, it's it's everybody's kind of, you know, you're you're coming to that realization that oh crap, this is over with. What's my life going to be? And money is like the least, you know, I I don't want to have to worry about it, but it's the least of my worries right, at exactly. that point in time. Exactly. Yeah. So is there anything new that's in your business that you're kind of uh, getting ready to launch or? So I, one thing that I've, one issue that's kind of come up is obviously my time is limited and I want to help. I want to help everyone. And I meet people all the time where they're like, oh my gosh, I really need the help, but I can't, you know, afford Mm -hmm. to hire you right now. Or I don't, I don't have the time to commit to this or whatever. And so like I felt like I've been keeping my fees lower than they should be considering the amount of time that I put into each case. Correct. But what I would like to have is other offerings that are lower cost, lower time commitment, Mm -hmm. like just having more offerings so that I can charge appropriately for people who need a lot of one-on-one attention. Sure. But then also have something that's more appropriate for someone who's more comfortable doing it themselves or, you know, just needs help with a couple things. Mm-hmm. Like I, I plan on kind of broadening 
the the services that I offer, even okay. like doing doing the same things, but just like yeah. just I don't know, making it more accessible to more people. And I mm-hmm. I really want to do an online course, okay? Um, because I think there's there's so many um, common things that I see over and over and over again with clients. And I'm like, I could make a course and make it super cheap and get this Mm. information to them. They don't have to, they don't have to hear it from me one-on-one. Like there's certain people that can really be helped by that type of format. So I'm, I'm working on that. Mm -hmm. I'm the busy gal. It's hard. (laughs) I'm like, yay, another project. You're a mom of twins on top of this. So yeah. So when I'm not like chasing them around, I'm like, okay, what's, what's my next thing going to be? That's, that's what I'm working on right now. I love this. I love it. Well, I mean, I think, I think it's, it's absolutely. And I don't know if there's anything like that out there, quite frankly. I mean, I, yeah, I thought I'm pretty well up on the business, but I'm not sure there's really anything like that, or it's kind of a divorce DIY, you know, here's the things you need to be thinking about. And, you know, I think you could easily lay that out. And I mean, I, I look at it from the point of view of it could also be a great, you know, recruiter of of that next level of client for you. Because, you know, if I'm I'm sitting there, I go through your kind of process and all of a sudden I find out, oh, crap, I've got some things that are way more complicated than I thought. You know, that's where I need to reach out to Rachel at that point. You yeah. know, and it, it it's it it serves as a great filter. For yeah. uh, for your your clients, you yeah. know your your eventual client that you're working with. Yeah, I love that idea. All right, well let's shift gears and go to the fast five questions. You ready? Yes. All right. So first question: You wake up in the morning, business is totally gone. Now you still got all the information in your head. You've still got your network of people. You've got five hundred bucks in your pocket, laptop, computer. What are you going to do first? Like I mentioned before with the LinkedIn, I would just get yeah. on LinkedIn and just start scheduling chats with people because okay. that's all it takes. It doesn't cost money. You just you just talk to people. Yeah. And you, you can build you can build your business so fast doing that. Yeah. And you're not chasing people around networking groups and everything yeah. else at that yeah. point. You're very targeted to who you're doing. I totally yeah. agree with you. Yeah. And that can be done for zero dollars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you could do that in a couple minutes a day, just tinkering yeah. around on LinkedIn. Yeah. That was, it's funny this year, I, I set a, a bucket list goal for myself that I wanted to um, basically touch base with a hundred of my connections on LinkedIn uh, and catch up with them. Cause I mean, a lot of us, we haven't seen each other in a few years. Yeah. And so I set a goal of a hundred people in a hundred days. And I just, finished that goal a couple of weeks ago. And it was like the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Uh, you awesome. know, cause it's like, you just, wow. You know, we hadn't talked in a while. Just want to catch up with you. And I mean, it didn't take much. I mean, I, I basically did. Um, I think I would do like 10 of those every Monday afternoon. I just yeah. set a goal that I'm going to reach out to 10 people. And, you know, usually I was able to schedule like one-to-ones with people every day. And it was a blast. I mean, it's probably the most fun I've had in years. Yeah. And you have very, I mean, you can have very genuine conversations. Yeah. It doesn't have to be this like salesy thing. It's like, I like talking to people. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I want to find bus- out what's going on in your life. I, I yeah. care less about yeah. the business side exactly. of it. I just want to know what's going on in your life. Yeah. So. Absolutely. That's awesome. Uh, all right. Second question. What's the biggest business mistake you've ever made? You know, I was thinking about that and I'm not going to, I'm not going to say, Oh, I just did everything perfectly the first time, but <laughs> I feel like the things that have happened that felt like mistakes, I'm like, oh, that wasn't really a mistake. 
Like that yeah. was something that kind of needed to happen. And I like kind of needed to learn the hard way because that's how mm -hmm. you learn stuff. So there's not anything that I've done that I'm like, oh, I really shouldn't have done that or I should have done things totally differently. Um, so I haven't made any like big mistakes. I guess I could say like, oh, I wish I would have done it earlier, but yeah, I don't know that it would have been the right time. So same way here. You know, I mean, I, I went, you know, I, I look at that and I say, oh my God, I wish I'd have done this, you know, 25, 30 years ago, but I wouldn't have done it. You know, right. I mean, I, it wouldn't, I it wouldn't have happened. Couple, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I started seven businesses before I had my first successful one, you know, but a lot of times it was like, Hey, I'm making a crap load of money over here. Oh, I'm going to start this little side business. And I, and I wasn't annoyed enough. And it wasn't until the last place I ever worked that I was so insanely annoyed being there that I finally was like, okay, I don't care. I'll live in a car. I'm just out of here and I'm done. Yeah. Um, you know, and I never looked back after that. So that's awesome. What is a good book that you would recommend for our audience? Um, have you ever heard of Rejection Proof? No. So um, I don't remember the guy's name, uh -huh. but it's um, it's a story about this guy. He wanted to overcome his fear of rejection. So he set out every day for a hundred days, he was going to go out and try to get rejected. <laughs> and okay. so he, he, it sounds funny, but he, like he would go out and just kind of make these kind of unreasonable requests or ask people for just like kind of weird things, like knowing that he's probably going to get rejected. <laughs> but what he found, and, and so I'll give you an example, like he like went up to someone's house, knocked on the door. And he's like, Hey, can I play soccer in your backyard? Just like <laughs> super random stuff. <laughs> what he, what he found was that, um, people are a lot nicer than you'd think. You know, <laughs> like the worst thing that's going to happen is they're going to say, no, they're not going to, yeah. they're not going to punch you in the face. I guess they might, but like, they're probably not going to punch you in the face. They're not going to like humiliate you. Usually they're, they're probably just going to be like, no, but maybe they'll suggest something else. Well, no, mm -hmm. but I can do this. Yeah. And he realized, oh, there's really not, it's really not, not anything to be scared of just the rejection itself. Like, and, and he kind of learned a lot about people and, and how to ask for things. And I, it was a really interesting book. It was kind of like a funny book. Like, a, yeah. like the, the stories are really funny, but there's a message there that like, you just got to keep doing it and you'll get over it. Like, yeah. It, well, and, saying, I mean, how many of us, you know, Oh my God, what if I asked, the, if I asked for the sale and then they say no, then they say no. Yeah. And they're not going to be like, how dare she ask me that? That's, yeah. that's, they're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's great. I haven't heard that one before. So it's that a was one. a new one in our, in our reading list. And we'll, uh, I'll look up the author and we'll put that in the show notes. Oh, so perfect. we'll have it yeah. for you. Um, what's a good tool that you use in your business every day? So I just found a new one. It's called Zoho. Have you ever heard okay. of that? So yep. it's my, so I switched CRMs. So it's, uh -huh. it's my contact. What, what does that stand for? Client relationship yeah. management system. Yep. So it does that, but it does a million other things. And so I've been able to replace a lot of the other software I was using. Nice. So now Zoho is my CRM. It's my calendar software. It's where I make my forms and my contracts and they're like all pretty looking. Nice. Um, everything is automated and linked up. So yeah, that's my new toy. I just got it a month ago. And I, that's like, <laughs> it's all I ever talk about ever since I got it. Well, I mean, it's just, it, you know, you start to realize I'm, I'm spending thousands of dollars on stuff 
that doesn't all play and work together. And, you know, you start to realize the more I can integrate things down, the better it's going to be in the end. And My expenses are half what they yeah. were, literally half. Well, that, yeah, as I was launching the new wealth management firm, because I built the tech stack for the old firm. And, you know, it was just kind of like, oh, we need this now. So we would add it and all this. And, you know, I mean, I, I think in the end, before I left the other firm, I mean, we were paying, it, we were paying probably four or $5,000 a month for technology yeah, stack. Totally. Stuff. Yeah. You know, and and most of it didn't talk to each other, and you know we were utilizing parts it's of it clunky. and everything else. Yeah. And, you know, so building the new tech stack for the new firm, I, I I think everybody should do this. You should go through a, a just a process of going. Okay, if I didn't use all this stuff, what would I start with again? And I mean, with the new business, I literally realized, you know, for about five hundred dollars, I replaced every piece of tech, and my firm, my new firm, is more automated than the old firm ever was. So I don't have to hire a ton of people. I mean, I can run it with a very small staff. Yeah. I Zoho, my Zoho yeah. subscription is like 30 something dollars a month. <laughs> and it replaced uh, like almost a thousand dollars worth of it's like it's like I went from like a thousand to 30 something. Yeah. It's insane. It's like insane. Yeah. Well, and I think the other part is, you know, the uh Anything technology related to the financial services industry is like eight times the price. Yes. You know, just because, well, you guys make a ton of money so we can charge a fortune for it. And I'm like, it's terrible. And it, well, and it has to be compliant. And oh, like, yeah. yeah, there's not, there's not a lot of. Which is, which is a pile of horse crap to begin with because the other stuff does it out there. But uh, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I totally agree with where you're coming from. Cause I, it's the same thing for me. All right. Last question. What is your definition of freedom? My definition of freedom, and this is not, this is a pretty straightforward definition, but sure. just doing whatever I want with my time. Okay. That is worth more to me now than, I mean, ever. Like, I've, time has never been more precious to me. Mm -hmm. And feeling like, I have to go into the office between these hours every day and I'm obligated to give my time to this. Like that just sounds awful to me now, yeah. but, but now with my time and I still work a lot, I, I mean, sure. I work, but like today, my kids, one of my kids was like, my tummy hurts. And I'm like, okay, well, you're going to be working with mama today. You're going to be sitting next to me. As long as you could be quiet, I'll let you watch TV and, and then like, but that was, that was not a problem. Like needing to change my plan. Yeah, I mean, before it would have been, okay, I got to take a day off of work yeah. and you know, I've, I've got to rearrange a bunch of meetings. He's and... going to be sad. Yeah, yeah. But then, and then when I go to drop off his brother, he's like, oh wait, I feel better. And I'm like, all right. And we just roll with it. And I'm like, Touchdown. <laughs> that is freedom right there. That like yeah. just doing whatever I need to do with my time with my personal time, with my work time, I just do whatever I want mm -hmm. and it works out. That is like the most amazing feeling. I yeah. feel more free just with my time than anything like money does. It's, it's time. Time makes me feel free. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I, I identified three freedoms, you know, you've got time, freedom, financial freedom, and then what I call freedom of intention. It's really a bucket list. And, you know, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, the first 
freedom I ever had was freedom of time. I mean, it was when I quit my job and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do what I want to do when I want to do it, not when somebody else wants me to do it. Yeah. I'll work when I want, as long yeah. as I want. You know, I worked, I was the worst boss I'd ever had in my life because I, I made myself work way more than I did for anybody else. But, yeah. you know, I, I agree with you. It's, I think it's the most important. It's the one that, you know, especially if you've got a young family and all that, you're never going to get these years back. You know, you're going to turn around tomorrow and, you know, they're going to be six feet tall and, you know. <laughs> I know. Makes me sad. <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> so, I mean, you know, being able to enjoy that. So I think, you know, when we look at, yeah, the pandemic sucked and it was terrible and all that. I think if anything, what I saw from a lot of my friends and even myself, you know, you just finally realized there's a lot more important things in life. Yeah. Yeah. It changed you know. our priorities in a yeah. really good way, I think. Which is awesome. Yeah. Well, cool. Thank you so much for being on. I really appreciated you. And, uh, I, you know, I, I really admire you for, for really niching down that business to what really needed to be, you know, people that need help. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you so much. This was fun. Appreciate you being on. So folks, uh, as always, we're, uh, we've shifted to, uh, one of these interviews for week per week. Uh, so these come out on Thursdays of every week. Uh, make sure that you subscribe to the channel wherever you're listening or watching us. And we will be back on. Um, this is coming off of a couple weeks hiatus. So welcome back to the show. We're super glad to, to have you as part of us and uh, starting a new season of the show with Rachel today. So thank you. And y'all have a great time. We'll see you back here the next time around. for listening to the freedom nation podcast you can find us on apple podcasts and all the major channels wherever you're listening please subscribe to the channel and leave a rating and review if you have friends and family that could benefit from their own freedom day please share with them finally join freedom nation by following us on facebook instagram and twitter